0: Welcome back to the LG Procast, the podcast for Victoria's local government decision makers. In this episode, we take a look across the water to local government in New Zealand. They're in the midst of a review with recommendations that overlap some of the calls for reform here in Victoria. This episode's discussion is proudly brought to you by Public Sector People, partnering with councils across Victoria to provide search and selection and temporary recruitment solutions. Now, onto the episode. New Zealand has recently been handed a fairly monumental report after an extensive review instigated by their local government minister back in 2021. The review makes diverse recommendations, ranging from reassessing council roles and functions to ensuring accountable governance and appropriate conduct. To unpack the review and to find out what universal themes might exist between our sectors, we're joined by Catherine Ross. General Manager of Strategy and Reform at Local Government Professionals New Zealand, or Taituara. Catherine brings 30 years of local and central government experience to this discussion, with a career spanning district and regional councils in New Zealand, at all levels up to Chief Executive, and experience working with local government in the UK. Catherine kicks off our discussion explaining what New Zealand's review into the future of local government is and how it came to be.
1: So this is probably a once in a generation opportunity to reshape local government so it's fit for the future. Currently there's a number of pressures on local government and we're in a sea change of reform here in New Zealand. And so this report, the panel was set up originally at the request of local government and the peak bodies that represent local government. So working for Taituara, you know, it was really one of the best opportunities to shape the future for the sector and for the professionals that are working in it. And it's really an opportunity to ensure that community well-being and intergenerational well-being and equity are placed firmly at the heart of local government. So it's been two years of extensive engagement, and been formal submission processes which we've engaged in, but there's also been workshops, think pieces, and conversations throughout that whole period with both ourselves and local government, New Zealand, our sister body, as well as you know thought leaders and Mana Whenua and communities. So it's been one of those participative. Sort of exemplars, I guess, in terms of shaping the final report
0: and recommendations. So, what are some of the standout recommendations and why are they significant?
1: Look, I don't think anything's surprising, but what I do think is it re emphasises things in the funding area that for the last 10 years have been um, a, se- a series of reviews and reports have made similar recommendations, and yet. They've been really bold in other areas, so um, on reorganisation, on having te Treaty the Treaty of Waitangi as you know a cornerstone of local government and saying we are a treaty partner, that's quite radical um, for here. Um, not saying that councils aren't already doing. Some of the things you'd expect them to be doing if they were a partner, but that's not universal and and the view that we are a treaty partner is definitely not one that's widely acknowledged. So as a package, I think they've brought things together really well and it is integrated and it's probably the first time that we've seen this all stacked up in a way and logically coming to conclusions around the recommendations. Previous reviews have only done bits of the picture. So not surprising, but yet provocative. I think the treaty as the foundation is critically important because it changes the whole dynamic in local government and the relationship piece with central government is critical the relationship needs to be fundamentally reset and you know it requires local government to think and act very differently but it also requires central government professionals to also think and act very differently as well and I think that bit, the joining up of the public service
0: for the benefit of communities is critical. Here's more context on some of these recommended changes with a lot of shared context between Australia and New Zealand.
1: I think it is very similar. So basically you start from the challenges our communities in Aotearoa, New Zealand are facing today and over the next 30 years require central and local government to do things differently. So the panels kind of presented that burning platform for change and the types of big challenges that communities are facing include responding to climate change, inequity, there's a cost of living crisis, social inclusion is not good and basically that means transformative change to happen now. So it's a fundamental reset of the system. So a key part is for councils to take a more expansive role in intergenerational well-being and place shaping and weaving that into everything councils do, effectively harnessing their roles as anchor institutions, place shapers, systems networkers and conveners, and that's connecting people from across sectors and organisations and coming up with some innovative solutions that respond to local needs. And as you know, we're facing funding pressures, as are all state and territorial governments, and they're exacerbated when central government adds roles without the funding streams. And we've just had a a number of years where that's continued to happen. Um, Traditionally, central government and its legislative process um, considers only the costs and benefits of regulation on central government and on businesses, and very rarely identifies the costs to local government in their four communities. And if it does, it does it at a very high level and often with big bands of uncertainty. So they don't normally come to local government and ask, what would this cost to implement on the ground? So the panel's whole suggestions about the review of roles and functions of local government and the consideration by cabinet of funding impacts of policy decisions on local government are, you know, really welcome. Certainly that piece, we call them regulatory impact assessments, making sure that those are actually fit for purpose and actually developed in collaboration with local government is a critical thing. Often the costs and benefits are skewed when local government's costs are not taken into account.
0: With New Zealand's election coming up in October, we ask how important this review is and how likely these recommendations are to be picked up in the near future. I think it's critically important. It's
1: one of the fundamental resets that the sector's been requesting, but also I think communities need it to happen and and the implications for the future, well, the current government has said that it's not going to do anything until local government comes to it with its appetite for change and speaks with one voice. And we've got our elections coming up this year. So potentially it could become a manifesto issue for the parties. But we're going to have to wait and see until after the election what the appetite for change is. There's a lot, though, that can be done without legislative change. And there's plenty in here that I think as a peak body for the sector, we've been very clear that there's a lot that the professionals and the elected members, if they choose to, if they want to run with it, they can.
0: As noted earlier, funding is one key issue that's shared across the sea. The review notes that councils face funding pressures that affect their capacity to carry out their current roles and functions. These are exacerbated when central government adds roles without additional funding streams, or in simpler terms, the familiar theme of cost shifting.
1: Currently, local government is heavily reliant on its own rates as local taxation, and There is a flow of funding, but central government's hoops to get through to access funding are quite high bar to get there. So we're probably one of the most highly centralised but reliant on rates kind of um, countries in the world, really, when you look at our functions. And the relationship has been particularly fractious of late. So it's time to radically rethink the relationship if we want to actually solve some of the big challenges because neither party can do it on their own. We've got indicators that are not as good as they should be, particularly in equitable outcomes for Māori and Pacifica here. So that would be um, something that creates that impetus for change. We've just got to use the resources that we collectively have much better
0: to tackle those big issues. Another shared issue is governance and conduct. Just as the Victorian sector undertakes its own reform in this space, the New Zealand report recommends ensuring skilled and accountable council governance with detail provided on how to ensure appropriate conduct and behaviour. Catherine explains the detail.
1: Well, I think um one only needs to pick up the newspaper here um in Aotearoa, New Zealand and you see this play out, you know, on the front page and for everyone that's on the front page there's probably some others that are sitting bubbling away beneath the surface. From our perspective, there does need to be um, capability raising both of council staff and of elected members and actually a convergence of what that looks like in the middle too. How how to get the best out of the capabilities and skills of staff to support good effective governance and decision making and also a programme that is run to ensure that elected members have the skills and tools that they require particularly if we're going into a more participative governance and decision-making realm, which is what the panel suggests, the, the relational skills that are required to be able to give effect to that and the sharing of power with communities in iwi and hapu, which are the sort of tribal political units here. So we do have a view that there is a need for training for all And we are working with our sister organisation,
0: Local Government New Zealand, on where the bits come together. The full review is a lengthy document with transformational reforms that will likely have implications for the impending election in the coming weeks. So, overall, what's the sector's biggest need? Catherine takes us out on this. The need for innovation,
1: because some of the issues that we're tackling now are are huge and long-standing and intractable ones and that they are the wicked problems
0: of our century so they require quite different thinking and acting thank you to Catherine for this episode's interview thank you to public sector people for sponsoring the LG Procast partnering with councils across Victoria to provide search and selection and temporary recruitment solutions and thank you for joining us